0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empower podcast. We have a special episode today. Um, we don't have any special guests with us, but Steve and I decided that we would go ahead and kind of have a more free-flowing conversation, see where it goes. And again, so I'm Byron, I'm a software engineer. Steve uh, Steve Meenam is a professional recruiter for the gaming industry. Um, and in the past, we've noticed certain pitfalls that a lot of people make when trying to transition to, into the industry, either for the first time or from a long-standing career doing something else, and we like to kind of help them avoid making those mistakes. Um, so, with that being said, Steve, um, I know I kind of brought you on here last minute. Um, I know you probably don't have much idea of what we're doing, but I don't know. Just kind of figured we could talk. Um, something I've been pretty interested in lately is uh, virtual production. Um, okay. Do you have well, like what comes to your mind when I when I bring up uh, that term, like virtual production?
1: Uh, virtual production, like I. Don't know what that means, uh, but if I had to guess just based on the title, virtual production is able to create um, create something in a virtual environment. So being in like VR and then creating something in that space. Um, th- in my head, that's what it uh, what it sounds like. But could you give a better explanation?
0: Yeah, so that's actually that's actually pretty similar to kind of what I was imagining in my head. Um, so. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen the show The Mandalorian. I don't know. It's a pretty uh, unpopular show. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so that's a pretty good example of virtual production. What they do in that show is they use Unreal Engine, and they do a lot of the heavy lifting for video rendering behind the scenes with a huge LED panel that goes pretty much all the way across the studio. Um, So then that way they can have physical actors, and let's say it's a chase scene. They can just have the screen scrolling. And then um, you're avoiding the artifacts of using a green screen or the costs of going on location recording live.
1: Gotcha. So it's production that's uh, done like digitally. So like you're not physically in the location, but you mentioned like the use of green screen. OK, so it's it's like a. am familiar with what it is, but I just didn't realize that there was a specific term term for it.
0: Yeah. Virtual production is something that's kind of picking up steam. Um the interesting thing is it uses a lot of game dev tools, but there's kind of uh it's kind of more widely known in the filmmaking community because that's kind of where a lot of its use is right Anyone in games are already quite familiar with manipulating your camera through scripts through commands and stuff like that but um it's a lot newer I would say in the last four or five years for filmmakers you know what I mean like still not being taught in the classroom and stuff like that for them.
1: Gotcha. I mean, it actually sounds like a lot of the the work that's done in video games, especially mm-hmm. if you're creating like cutscenes. Yeah. Um. So if you're playing like a narrative game and there's a cutscene in between the gameplay, um, it seems to me like that would be considered virtual production. Is that right?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I actually had a pretty interesting conversation with a friend of mine. He was on the he was on the podcast before Kane Shepard. Um, mm-hmm. he was talking about virtual production, and I know I just mentioned LED screens, and his His idea was that you needed an LED screen. But the cool thing is that the company that I work at now, we technically do virtual production, and we don't need the use of any green screen. Like, we do use green screen just to help it track more accurately. But Mm -hmm. it's totally possible to do this now. And the reason I wanted to kind of bring this up today was because I know a lot of people are talking about how can I get into the game industry. Um, But one thing that a lot of people don't realize is how how applicable their skills can be even beyond just working on a game, right? Um, So I think it's fair to say if you have experience in Unity or Unreal, that experience would translate right over to a film production company that's using Unity or Unreal for their film production.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And one of the things that I've seen is that there are so many different organizations that are tapping into video game style like development because of the um how big the metaverse is getting now Mm -hmm. and um like seeing furniture companies that are hiring people with video game development skills because this company is creating a furniture software where they want to be able to take a a mock of their um of a piece of furniture, like a couch, and be able to use augmented reality to show, like, if you're in your house and looking at a certain spot, where would the couch fit? And having those types of skills are something that's very relevant uh, from the video game industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that we've been doing a lot of, oh, I personally been doing a lot of research and development on. Um, Like, there's a new tool that Unity has come out with called Unity Mars, which basically lets you scan your room and kind of... Again, model it um, you know for scale, um, so again, it's just like you said, those kinds of skills really do go a long way. Um, and not to say that getting into the industry game industry is impossible, but it's very, very competitive, so mm-hmm. being able to find skills that are transferable between industries I think is also a pretty important um, thing to consider.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and one of the cool things is like these are things that are coming out and just being. They're just becoming known right now. so in a way like if you're starting now, you are at a very similar footing as everyone else because I mean this stuff just came out so nobody can have like 10 plus years of experience over you um, because this is stuff that's just just showing up at this moment.
0: Yeah, definitely so there's definitely there's no best practices yet. Again, this is something we we kind of wrestle with at work. Uh, What's the best way to track green screen? What's the best way to stop keep the objects in the same location? Um, And it's a problem that everyone's trying to solve Um, and in a pretty similar way too. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like if you ever go on LinkedIn, you'll see uh, job postings from Meta pretty often where they want someone with experience in Unity, but also with AR and VR um, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and like the great thing about that is these are things that you can get access to, with just a quick internet search. Right, mm-hmm. with um, with things becoming so much more accessible. Right, you have to. All you have to do is literally go onto Google, search how do I do virtual production, and it'll bring up an entire list of uh, of things that you can do, or you can watch YouTube videos mm-hmm. um, where at. In, in comparison, you know, back in my day, we didn't have that luxury. We had to physically go to like a library and pray that they had books on the things that we wanted to study. Otherwise we'd be shit out of luck. But I mean, that, that's one of the cool things is um, there's so many avenues that you can jump into. Really the key is like to find out which one you're really passionate about that you'll actually go out and, and start to research on your own.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then that brings me kind of to my next point which is there's a pretty big emphasis right now on my cross disciplinary skills. Um, So you may have studied computer science, art, music, audio in college, but I've come to the realization that with a lot of the jobs that are out there now, there's really no one-to-one job description or job title with what you learned in college. So having the understanding, um, even a little bit of understanding of green screen, keying in different effects, um shaders is a big one in unity you know basically creating video effects like after effects within unity um Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff really goes a long way because i know for myself i got i got i graduated with an audio degree and um and if some of you guys are studying audio or graduated in audio i know you can relate to this but it's not necessarily the easiest skill set to to transfer to a job Um, but i've come to realize that it's a great supplemental skill set Um, for instance, where I'm working now, a big part of what we do is working with musicians, recording them, and it's not all that I do, but it's definitely a big part of it to understand how to mic up uh, or just basically plug in a microphone to an audio interface, like even Steve's doing it. He doesn't have a professional background in it, but it's just kind of become a thing that everyone in our culture is acclimated to through stuff like YouTube and Twitch.
1: Yeah, and like a a big part of just being in this, what's called the information age is being able to problem solve. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those things is like there, when you're, when you're in school, a lot of times you have a very specific like niche or specific field that you're getting into. um, And they they don't always touch on the other um, like tangential uh, industries that, that you could potentially be a part of or, or need skills from. And, I mean a perfect example of this is is business like no matter what it is that you do as a profession business skills such as um marketing your skills to the right companies understanding like what's your budget like how are you able to survive as a as a human being and being able to um you know do accounting to control your finances like That's a perfect example. So, yeah, there's so many ways of taking the things that you love and then applying it into, like, the industry, especially video games.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I know something that Steve always kind of harps on with me is uh, making sure that you post on LinkedIn, post on any sort of platform consistently so people can see what your progress is. Um, Because I know that something I've been working on lately is, again, you guys probably, if you've seen any of the other episodes, you know I'm really interested in AR and VR um, well, most recently, just yesterday, I bought a, I bought a green screen, <laughs> um, just for fun, you know, like we, we use it at work and I kind of want to get more experience with, with it on my own time. Um, kind of so I can contribute more to the team, but also just so for my sake, I understand more of, uh, of how that, how that whole world works. Um, but basically I got a green screen. Um, I'm learning to kind of do virtual music videos. So I record myself on the green screen and I found a kind of a plugin for Unity that lets me key in different backgrounds or just make it transparent so I can kind of create a virtual jam session of myself playing at different points. And it's a pretty similar concept to what you see on a lot of YouTube videos where people will play all the different instruments and then um, just kind of have them at different parts of
1: the screen. Yeah, and one of the things that you just touched on that I'd like to key in for a moment, like you in your workplace, recognize that there's an opportunity to build some skills to make yourself a more valuable uh, part of the team, right? And you went out and on your own dime, you went and got your own green screen and you're doing all of this studying independently. That is such a key skill to have as opposed to what's taught a lot in school or kind of the mentality that I see in school is that A student will sit there and wait for a teacher to give them an assignment and say, hey, go and learn A, B, and C. And then that's when the student goes and does the bare minimum to learn it just to pass a test and then comes back, passes the test, and whew, okay, I never need to learn about that thing again. Like, the the key component to what you're just talking about is what I think makes a very successful, like, employee is somebody that has the, I mean, that's being self-motivated right right like you you motivated yourself to go out and do that yeah that's a prime example and that's one of those things where i'm not even sure if you realize it but that could be one of the like the talking points on a job application that you put out right mm-hmm. is that you took it upon yourself to go learn these things and having that as a list of things especially when you um when your promotion comes up like so byron what have you done over the past you know three months to to make yourself a better employee because a lot of times they're not paying attention or they may not even know these things about you, mm-hmm. but it's your responsibility to have it all written down or have it, at least have it memorized so that when they ask you, you're ready to give it to them, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's something I've been thinking about quite a bit lately. Um, I, I kind of attribute a lot of, I guess, the success I've seen so far to, I guess, how open-minded I've been to uh, learning new skills because I'll speak to music and audio degrees specifically. Um, They tend to be, and I brought this up before, they tend to be pretty narrow-minded in scope. You have a performance degree, so you can do performance. You have an education degree, so you can do education. Um, The reality is, if you don't have an education degree, the jobs are pretty narrow, unless you start to um, spread out and and learn more skills, you know, branch out. And that's something that I kind of realized pretty early on. So that's something that I kind of have always kept in mind, that even though it may not seem... Uh, relevant to what I'm studying now or what my degree is. it's One, it's interesting to me, but also I think it, it's, it's, it'll do me well in the future. And I think where I'm working now is a pretty good example of that. Um, I don't think if I'd just been focused on audio, I could have gotten here because it's a music and tech company, augmented mm-hmm. reality, and that's something where I can speak both languages, engineering and audio. And I'd like to think that that goes a long way when I'm interviewing with someone.
1: Yeah, and and a big part of this is just knowing where does your skill set fit, right? Because your particular skill set, that's why you were hired where you are now, because you have the skill sets, right? So something that you can do, like if you're still in school, is be more proactive about finding like what does the market want and like how are you getting the skills that they want? Because the cool thing is like, when jobs put up their job descriptions, their postings, they're literally putting, like, what are the things that they're looking for in employees? Like, they're saying, hey, world, this is, a this is like, the recipe for what it would take to be successful at this company. So you, as a student, can take a job description and then reverse engineer it so that your education all points directly to, like, the requirements on that job description. Um, and that's one of the... It's like a very simple thing to do. Just go to a job board and like look what their uh, what companies are looking for, and then reverse engineer it. But like that's not something that I ever learned in school. So yeah, it, it's uh, hopefully some pe- someone can take that information and, and put it to use.
0: Yeah, I think it says a lot about you if you actually go through with that. Because I think the hardest part isn't f- scouring the job descriptions. The hardest part is committing to learning the skills that you see in the job description. And I think that says mm. a lot about you.
1: Yeah, and and again, part of this is the the distinction between okay, looking at the jobs and like finding what are the things that you actually love to do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you love working in audio, if you have the you know the brain where you love working on audio and programming, then look at companies that can use that, that use that specific skill set, right? Mm-hmm. So so you're not forcing yourself to do things that you, that you don't like to do, you're looking at things that are aligned with what you're already passionate about,
0: right? Right, absolutely, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and that's something that I think would be useful for college students as well is, um, I guess it's a little bit difficult when you're still in school, but if you can kind of uh, picture what kind of career you want in your head, that would also really help with what skills you want to learn. Um, because, again, you know, audio programming, you may think, oh, cool, I'll get an audio degree to do that. But maybe some of the stuff you learn isn't as helpful to get to that path. So what are you doing on your own time to fill in the gaps?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, like, do you even know if the skills that you're learning are transferable? Um, or, like, will they be outdated by the time that you graduate, uh, because as fast as technology is moving, um, you have to constantly keep learning more and more and more. Like there's so many different um, like technologies that are available now that nobody even heard of one, two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Uh, blockchain technology, NFTs, yep. like- Web3. <laughs> no, there, there are no degrees on that because that thing just came out what was it, like a, less than a year ago, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why you have to constantly keep, uh, keep plugged into all of the information and then keep, keep learning, keep growing.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are kind of just some of my thoughts I've had so far. Um, again, you know, virtual production is, to kind of bring it back to, like if you're looking for careers in the industry, I think virtual production is a great kind of path to uh, look into. Because uh, something that i've learned recently is that just how widely used the game engines are like i think i believe that uh for a lot of the star wars rides is disneyland they use unity
1: um for that yeah um and like that's one of those things that looking for uh looking for employees in the video game industry that was one of the searches that i had to do is like Who's who's good in Unity? Who's good in Unreal? Mm -hmm. And like, people would go into those two buckets. So if those are the big ones that are out there, that's probably like a clue that it's something that you should get into if you're into uh if you want to start working in video games.
0: Yeah, you know that brings me to a question I have for you as a recruiter. Um, I understand you see you've seen job descriptions for specifically for Unity and specifically for Unreal. Um, Let's say someone has. X amount of years of experience in Unreal, but they wanted this job in Unity. Is that something you'll consider, or, or how does that how that typically
1: worked out in your in your experience? So it depends, right? Because there's some skill, there are some like Unity expertise that needs that requires like a lot of experience in Unity. Because even though they're both like game development engines, they're not one to one. Right? And I'm sure there's some parallels when it comes to music right where you there's so many different tools you're an expert in one it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna transfer immediately to the other um so that's where when it comes to like entry level jobs, it might be a little more forgiving right because mm-hmm. you're not required to have such a steep learning uh like skill set of skills in order to work in one tool or the other so like, that's one of those things. If you're entry-level job, it's a little more forgiving if you've got experience a little in each. Um, but if it's like a, a position that require, requires like five plus years of experience in Unity, um, and you don't have that, like if you only have five years of experience in, in Unreal, I mean, there's some things that could help, but the, the learning curve is going to take longer, right? right? And you have to think about the company that's hiring Right. Are they in a position where they need somebody to step in immediately because a game is launching in a month? Right. And I mean, you can't force five years of learning in one month. Right. It's yeah. Just not possible. Um, so it depends on the company and depends on what their needs are. And that's why the, the better that, you know, the, the landscape of the company and the jobs that you're getting into, the better you're able to prepare yourself. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um so then, at the entry level, um what are some mm-hmm. things that you might look for because they can't possibly have all those years of experience coming in right like let's say it's an internship or in a junior mm-hmm. or an associate level
1: position yeah so I would say that in in those situations where it is entry level, that's where, in my opinion, more of the soft skills are uh are more important because if somebody shows that they can be self-motivated to go out and learn on their own and pick something up, um, that's something that would stick out in my head, right? Um, like if somebody shows that they're, that they're learning unity by going out and doing stuff, right? If somebody has been working on their own in unity for like six months to a year and they put something together, right? That shows me that they're They've got some sort of passion or discipline to work in Unity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where something like that could go a long way, right? Even if it's just uh, like some indie games that were made, it still shows that you're putting yourself out there and you have the discipline to get something done, as opposed to another job applicant who says, I, 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 I would love to work in Unity. If you hire me, I will work in it, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a different motivation right because if the money's you're saying if the money's there you're not going to work for it right yeah so like that's one of the things in my head that has provided a lot of um experience or that that has provided a lot of like very good candidates is to see how disciplined somebody is in actually working in something that they're not paid to do does that make sense
0: yeah i understand i can see that yeah definitely so i guess as a college student it'd be pretty helpful to kind of probably get involved in like a lot of clubs if you can like even before doing an internship because that's some that's how i got my start myself and kane barry jacob all people we've had on the podcast so i got our start kind of working at aztec game lab um at san diego state
1: yeah and that's that's one that That shows the passion right yeah (laughs) because when you when you're volunteering your time in a club like nobody's paying you to join these clubs you're doing this out of the sheer like internal motivation to do it and it's that internal motivation and the discipline to keep going that goes a long way because in those clubs there are a lot of people that quote unquote love gaming but they didn't show up for whatever reason right Mm -hmm. now I, I can't judge maybe that they had other commitments, but like all I can see is who actually follows through and who has who has the skills, right?
0: Yeah, see that, that's an interesting one to me. Like I understand, uh, it's hard to say because maybe they really are busy. But when when, some, when to me when someone says, "Oh, I'm too busy for X," to me, the what makes you busy is what you prioritize. So for me, I work out a lot. So if I ha- if I'm scheduled to go to the gym at one. I'm busy at one o'clock because I'm going to the gym, but and what I and how this translates to what you just mentioned is if someone says they're too busy to go to the club, to me that says that they don't value it enough. I mean, I know there's certain situations where that's not the case because you know classes, you know, like a final. But if it's the difference between a B to an A, I don't know how important it really is.
1: Yeah, and like maybe we should make a distinction here the difference between being busy and being productive like yeah. i can be busy doing nothing right? yeah. like i'm i'm busy I'll, my time's occupied i'm i'm doing a whole lot of nothing mm-hmm. as opposed to somebody who's busy actually working on their craft right right that's that's a completely different like mentality and perhaps we should make that distinction more as like Understanding when I'm I'm busy doing something and like being productive, like doing productive work, because for me, uh, productive work isn't always like work, like doing my job, right? Yeah. A lot of that are the priorities that I have, like just like yeah, you mentioned, fresh. health, yeah. right? Yeah. Like these are that's all stuff. Me being busy, working on my finances, working on my relationships, working on my education, working on you know serving my community, working on my health, right? Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all busy and productive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, As opposed to me just sitting down on a couch and watching TV. busy watching TV, right? (laughs) But, like, is it being productive? And, I mean, I'll I'll let you decide. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Um, Because I don't want to try to call anyone out and say, oh, you're full of, you know what, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. um, I do think it's worth kind of examining uh, your time, because I know the, the gym is a big one, right? People say they don't have time for the gym. And I read a really interesting post on Reddit recently just to try to get it in the mind space of people who who believe that. And then one person said that the biggest change that from not going to the gym to going to the gym was he said he wanted to just rest and relax when he got home and watched TV. But he never actually felt more well rested after two hours of Netflix.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he realized, yeah, okay, let me just use Because I don't know about you, but I'm tired, but I feel energized after I go to the gym.
1: Yeah. And, like, a big part of this, I think, is people's mindsets, right? Yeah. And, like, a lot of people don't understand where they can improve their productivity. Because if you really say you don't have time, like, what – You have to take an honest look at your calendar. Like, what are the things that you've spent your time on, right? Because there's X amount of hours in a week, right? Maybe a third of that is used to sleep. And then what's the rest of your time doing? Like, how are you, like, are you spending too much time on social media? Are you spending too much time hanging out with friends? Like, if you have your priorities, you should put your priorities into your calendar,
0: and there's right. kind of a hack for that, too, at least for myself, right? You say, are you spending too much time with your friends? So what I've started to do is my friends, are, I've gotten them into fitness like I am, a few, a couple of them. So, mm-hmm. like, tomorrow I'm doing a 10K race, right? So mm-hmm. And my friends are doing that with me. So I'm hanging out with my friends, but I'm also working out at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that's one of the things where um, they say – you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you surround yourself with friends who are into fitness, that's one of those things that's going to help motivate you and keep you disciplined into keeping your fitness levels up. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, it's just, it's common sense, but it's not always common practice and it's not always something that's taught in school, but yeah, you can absolutely do things like that, which, you know, Mixing friend time with workout time. You can also do that with education. Like, are these friends also into growing themselves, right? Um, You know, serving your community. Do you have friends that also do volunteer work, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have friends where, you know, where finances is something that you actually talk about? Because in my experience, a lot of people, um, like money is a very taboo subject for some reason. so, yeah, those are all things that can that can be mixed together. So be very be, be very mindful of how you uh, how you divide up your time and understand that you can do what 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 I like to call two two-in-ones or three-in-ones is like mm-hmm. multiple important pieces of your life and then all come together in one one activity.
0: Yeah, and I don't mean to make it sound like this is an easy thing to do. I think the difficulty comes from At least for the first 12 years of school you're kind of in a bubble so you don't really have that option Um, Mm -hmm. aside from maybe doing a couple extracurriculars but even that is is mostly within your school Um, but i think it's important to note that i guess after high school college and beyond you're really not in that bubble anymore you can kind of do whatever you want like i know i was at school but i still made sure to take an effort to be involved in organizations outside of just the campus even though i was also pretty involved in the campus just to kind of get different perspectives and um find people that liked the kind of things that i did
1: yeah and i mean one of the things is that there are so many different aspects in life like i don't really think it could be solved within like a four-year education anyways Yeah. right because even as an adult constantly 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 learning um everything out in the world and it's just there's just getting more stuff to (laughs) learn right not just all of the things that we studied in the past but like what are all of the things upcoming in the future that we need to keep in mind right and it's it it can be very intimidating but at the same time that's kind of part of the fun is like having so many different avenues that you can tap into and learn either the entire breadth of things that are out there or learning like very deep how some of these uh, these contexts go, like for example, like music, right? Mm-hmm. How deep can you go into the types of music, yeah. the artists out Pretty there, deep. the history of music, um, like music videos, written music, uh, like there's so many different aspects to it. It's like, can you ever really fully study music, like everything about it? No. The answer is no. Yeah, and then you just multiply all of those dimensions <laughs> across all of the things in life. Um, it, it can be pretty intimidating but you know like I said it's pretty cool but yeah. that's why it's so important to like understand for you what are the things that you really love and what are the things that you would like to go deeper you know expansive into um, yeah but that's up for you to decide
0: yeah and I will say you, you touched on music videos that's kind of a focus for me right now um, obviously I kind of want a way to keep uh, improving my skills in unity and I think that again the green screen's a perfect way to do that. Um, I reached out to a friend of mine who does music videos professionally. He quoted me, I'm not willing to pay that much money right now. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of going in and learning more about creating music videos myself, studying like the choreography. Like uh do you remember the artist Cy, like they did the whole gungam style thing? It was yeah. like yeah. So he just he literally just put out another video yesterday. Um, it's already gotten thirty min- thirty million views. <laughs> Um, but I was kind of studying that and like a producer was watching and pointing out different techniques they do to, um, like as they layer stuff in the camera pans out, more people show up on screen. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been really studying that kind of stuff lately.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. And part of this is like, you can just put that out there, say, Hey, I want to work on music videos. Does anybody out there want to collaborate on something? Right. And Mm -hmm. then, because there's. I'm, I'm sure there are other people out there that want to make music videos, and they need somebody of your skill set, right? Like, so maybe you've got an awesome, you know, musician, and then an awesome uh, video editor, and an another awesome person with like motion graphics, and mm-hmm. like, okay, it's it's kind of like a game jam. So maybe yeah. you do something like a music video jam. You know what I mean? Over the yeah. course of a weekend, you just hammer something out, and at least you will go from beginning to end you know creating a music video right yeah definitely i
0: think definitely i have a music video in my future started picking up piano again started picking up trumpet um i don't know if i told you steve but i'm actually gonna be doing a concert pretty soon on trumpet which is funny because i was actually going to sell my trumpet to the person that i'm performing with mm-hmm. um but then he, he asked me to perform with him for his uh recital for uh for his degree and I'm
1: kind of taking that as a sign that maybe I should just go ahead and keep
0: it and start picking that up gotcha. again. Gotcha.
1: So, I'm sorry, like, please explain what's trumpet? Like, is that a new app or something? Like, I, I don't know. Like, or are you talking literally about the musical instrument?
0: The instrument.
1: <laughs> okay, so. And then you said you're going to be in a music video with. Or you're going and to a be concert. at a concert? Yeah. With this person. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Gotcha. Um, so. You're going to be in a concert playing the trumpet with, with someone. Like, like when? When is this? Uh, May 16th. May 16th. Okay. Like, where at? Like, Cal State how, LA. How... In LA. Cal State LA. Yeah. Cal State LA. You're going to be in concert. So, like, how can people support? Like, if they wanted to see Byron in concert
0: um i'm gonna ask if we're gonna have access to the video i'm actually not quite sure yet um okay but as it comes closer i could probably mention it again and and put a link or something in the description
1: hell Um, yeah that seems awesome
0: (laughs) yeah it's interesting it's like riding a bike i haven't played in like five years um but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just kind of interesting kind of where I'm at now. Like, I do a lot of programming, but I like to still mm-hmm. keep a foot in the the music world. So it's kind of interesting how it's pulling me back in after five years of not playing the trumpet.
1: Yeah. And, like, just having that, like, maybe that's an opportunity to get somebody to record. And that's the music video, right? Because mm-hmm. you're already going to be performing, right? Yeah. And it's it, – you're going to be in a concert. So there, there's going to be people there, like – Imagine documenting that whole event and turning that into the music video. Like, so much of the footage can be done right there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also start setting things up. Like, how would you, if you did, a uh, like, a storyboard of how you wanted the, the video to go, like, what shots would you need in this concert in order to make it happen? Because, I mean, you're essentially getting prepped for a public performance already, right? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> just filming that and then chopping it up, putting it together. You've already got the music. I mean, it's you and then you're gonna be in a concert with other people, right? Yeah. So having, like letting them know about it, now they can start contributing it to themselves because now it's not just a music video that you're in, but other people can put in their their experience as well. And now you don't have to do everything all on your own, right? You can start leveraging other people that are in this concert and you know, who knows how they're connected in the world and who might know who that's a professional in making music videos that will contribute their time to this. I don't know. I'm just, you know, kind of spitballing ideas here.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's one thing I kind of regret from from uh, my time in school. I wish that I I wish that I made more friends with singers um, because that's a genre that or that's the kind of style of music that i've been writing lately that you know what Mm -hmm. i think that it would be great to have a singer on this to do some oohs and ahs or a whole lyrical content thing you know but unfortunately i don't know a lot of them but um being reconnected with some of my musical friends from high school has been pretty cool because uh they do have a lot of those those friends and those connections so i'm pretty excited about that
1: i mean like where you work now the yeah the connections to the music industry (laughs) that you have right yeah like it's you're in even better position right now so if that's something that you really want to do just ask how can i yeah right because when you ask how can i it opens up the world to so many an infinite amount of opportunities yeah right and just how can i find more musicians like in the point where I am right now, and you are in a perfect spot, and then you can use things like, like LinkedIn. I'm sure there's like some other social social media networks out there that focus on musicians, right? So maybe it just starts with a Google search.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, trying to be more, trying to be better about that. I can. I tend to be a bit of an introvert at times, but um, this is this is just for everyone out there. Try to be put yourself out there more.
1: yeah absolutely and like one of the things that i just recently participated in is a um it's one of the courses that really helped um really helped jumpstart my career in video games and it's a course called uh play to win by frontier trainings and it's a three-day course that's held uh this one was in in san diego and it's a personal development course, and it's all taught through games. And I just went through uh, and played again this past um, weekend, and it was it was amazing to see like how all of the lessons that I learned there still apply today. And that that's one of the cool things is just like understanding what I know now, and that there are so many things out there to. Um, There's so many avenues out there to learn it. And that's, I mean, these, a lot of the lessons I'm, we're talking about as we go in this podcast. So, um, yeah, there's so many opportunities out there. And that's just one of those things like this, this example, this conversation we're having is a prime example, right? Mm -hmm. The people that you surround yourself with, um, if they have the right mindset, they will help, help you see opportunities that you may not see yourself. Right. So yeah, like you are in a prime example to literally do those things that you were talking about. It's like go f- going find other musicians, um, you know, making a video. And I love that you're speaking it into the world because as you do that, other people can hear it and can contribute to that because they won't know how to help you unless you let them know how to help you.
0: Yeah, you know, that goes along with the la- what we mentioned in the last episode uh, uh, in terms of advocating for yourself making sure that you make it known what you're interested in doing.
1: Yeah. And then like the more people that know about it, let's say you speak to a million people and 1% of those people can help you out. Right. What's 1% Mm -hmm. of a million. Yeah. That's still a huge amount of people. Right. it's like the law of averages. Right. (laughs) And that's it. Right. There's that's there's sales principles in there. It's like, keep going until you find what you're looking for. Um, Right. Every no is one step closer to finding a yes. Um, I know. Yeah. Wait,
0: again, I think I brought this up before with uh, Preston Dennis. Um, he he had a quote that just really stuck with me where he said a no is a not right now
1: instead yeah. of a no isn't a no isn't forever. Yeah, absolutely. Like time is a thing right when you're young it's like you live in the moment but as you get older you understand oh man i've got like way more years ahead of me um i can i can do things to play the long game right and even just that interaction where somebody says no like at least you have made an interaction and is that a good interaction because then you can take that into you know the future so if you ask somebody for something and they say no Right. Like, are you pleasant with that? Right. And does that actually be a uh, like a positive interaction with that person so that if you ask again six months later, they still remember that they said no. But it was actually still it was still a positive interaction. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Something similar happened with me again where I work now. I think I applied six months before I got a job and Mm -hmm. I tried a slightly different approach. And I think I brought this up way back in the beginning of the podcast, like the one of the first episodes. But um, I reached out to an engineer who got me in touch with the CEO. And then I, you know, met them at the studio. And I met them at the right time. I realized, you know, nine months later, they just so happened to get another round of funding. They were looking for more people. And specifically mm-hmm. the skill set that I had, they were looking to fill at that specific time.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's part of the <laughs> game. Uh, just having the timing and like the, the persistence that you have to constantly go out there and and make yourself known that's th- like that's the hard work that's behind success right a lot of people will see the you know oh i finally got a job but like what were all of the steps that you had to take to get there right yeah um and so I, I know just that part that in mind.
0: yeah i know i know that's not easy so um again i know that we've had a lot of guests in the episode um And I know that some of them are saying, you know, feel free to reach out. And I always make sure to post their LinkedIn or social media in the description of these um, podcasts. Make Mm -hmm. sure you take them up on that, because I know for myself, it's pretty difficult, especially I graduated before, technically before COVID hit. But Mm -hmm. COVID affected everyone pretty hard, myself included, and I had to move back home not not ideal but it was kind of necessary but and so making sure you have someone who can you can talk to about all this stuff and help make sure that you're staying on the right path for yourself is is also pretty important because i know for me like having these chats with steve every week every couple of weeks um even if even if nothing more to just talk it out you know what i mean that's that's pretty pretty helpful pretty beneficial
1: yeah and like part of this is to you as a listener set your else set yourself up for success because as somebody who has experienced like speaking on stage at Comic-Con speaking at different uh different events at different colleges and universities very few people will actually take me up on that offer like something that I do is I give out my uh, a link to my calendar right so somebody mm-hmm. can set up a time to to speak with me on on you know They put it, they book it on my calendar and very few people will actually reach out and do that. And the thing about that is like, if there are a thousand people that I speak to and only 10% of them reach out and then maybe out of that only 10% will continue to keep in touch. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things where I don't mind giving out the information because it I know the people that will actually have the the courage to reach out. Those are the people that I want to work with. Yeah. Right? And then the ones that constantly come, just like you, right? Out of all of the times I went to the clubs, uh, your clubs, who are, like there's only a handful that I keep in touch with still, right? Mm-hmm. Where's everybody else? Right? Yeah. It's not my responsibility to reach out and 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 you know check up on them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they have to show some effort as well. So I can yeah. give out the invitation, but who really wants it, right? And who's ready for it at that moment? Because yeah, that's the biggest some point. of those people are yeah. busy, some aren't. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then I like to think too, cause I can kind of picture the people that you keep in touch with from the club. And I'd mm-hmm. like to say that it's not a coincidence that every single one of them has a job in the industry now. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right that's that's the type of mindset and discipline that is required to work in a in a you know AAA a development company right that's the type of people that everybody wants to work with like do you want to work with somebody who's self-motivated and self-driven because like that's the example that they're showing right like mm-hmm. You, Kane, Jacob, you know, Barry. Uh, Barry, like, all very self-motivated, right? And mm-hmm. that's what translates to success in the workplace. So, yeah, not a coincidence at all. Yeah, definitely,
0: definitely. And, um, again, I hate to cut it short, but I know I, we kind of mentioned, uh, personally, I have to actually go. Um, I have some other stuff to deal with today, but I wanted to make sure we, you know, were consistent, had another episode out. I just wanted to kind of air out these thoughts. Hopefully you guys find some value in in what we had to talk about today. But, um, yeah, is there anything that you'd kind of like to leave them with, Steve?
1: Yeah. uh, Constantly keep growing. Um, You know what? That that, uh, training, that personal development training course that I talked about, Frontier Trainings, there's actually another – one being held in San Diego, I believe it's June like 17, 18, and 19. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, again, that was the course that helped me skyrocket my career in video games from being a tester to working in production and now being a, a recruiter. Like, There's so many lessons that I learned from playing those games that I'm still constantly using today. So, um, yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn if you want to learn more. Uh, yeah, that, that's all for me
0: awesome yeah um i will go ahead and um leave a link to that um i'm guessing they have a website right so i can post that yes
1: yes yeah so i'll
0: go i'll go ahead and uh when i get to the description for this podcast episode i'll go ahead and uh post it on there but um yeah thanks so much for watching guys i know it's a shorter episode different format but um yeah i just think that there's value in just kind of having these free-flowing conversations as well and again i wanted to remind you guys we are on all the social media platforms we're on uh TikTok, we upload these videos to YouTube um, about a week after we record them. And um, if you guys are following us on Twitch as well, I believe it's twitch.tv forward slash empower up. Um, you can find us on there. Um, we typically record on Sundays. Um, I know today was a little bit different, but um, we have some stuff going on this weekend. But for the most part, we record on Sundays between 11 and 1 uh, p.m. Pacific time. And uh, yeah, again, thanks so much for watching. See you guys on the next one.